0: Welcome to today's episode of My Philosophy. I'm your host, Muna. We share stories that touch our hearts and explore different perspectives of life that inspire our souls. Today, I'm honored to share with you the story of a woman who left a lasting impression on the world with her warmth, humor, and selflessness. She's more than just a mother, she is a friend, a teacher, a shining example of what it means to live a life filled with love and grace. So sit back, relax, and join me as we delve into the story of a woman who will forever hold a special place in my heart. I guess by now you should have guessed who I'll be sharing the story of with you. And I'm I'm just so excited to share with you my own personal story. As I was growing up, I always said that someday I'm going to tell the story of my mom. Someday I will share with the world of how amazing my mom is because there's no other human just like mom. She's a walking angel. I always had this dream that someday I'm going to share her story. And I guess uh, it came true when I shared my mom's story in my book that I co-authored with and my mom has a very very unique story and I think we all as daughters or sons of our mothers we always think our mom is the best mom there is and there is no comfort no one can compare to our mom and I do believe that it's very nice but let me tell you this you will be surprised when you hear the story of my mom she's just very very unique and everyone that knows my mom knows how funny she loves telling stories she's a very carefree person she really enjoys life and she loves life no matter what happens she has a very strong faith and um, I would share that this woman has been my biggest source of love, support, and inspiration. My mom is very, like, um, for example, I remember that she, when she, whenever she goes out, she loves to just tease around or just joke with the grocery store person or... If she's just meeting someone down the road she would just talk with anyone she meets and she just jokes around like she knows them for a long time and people sometimes get surprised and I keep telling my mom mom don't do that maybe they will get it wrong they might people not everyone likes to joke so sometimes people get angry about small things but my mom doesn't really care (laughs) so I remember one day she came home she has a very very big heart she came home with a a woman who is a street cleaner and she brought her home so that she can eat with us lunch she felt sorry for her my mom just she has a very soft heart and a very very big heart whenever she sees someone in need even if she has nothing there were times In her life where she had nothing to eat or a place to go if she had even a one penny in her bag she will give that to the poor and she would just not eat this is how generous she is and I remember bringing or just you know the street cleaner to our home or just giving away our clothes and food sometimes There are days when we had no food in our home, but maybe just a bread or, you know, just some basics. She would give it away. And I would always tell my mom about, well, what about us? She would just say, well, at least we have a place, you know, a shelter over our head. And those people, you don't know what they're going through. And God will always, you know, reward us. She will always say this. And you know, every time she says this, it comes true, you know. The more she gives, she's a giver. She gives, she gives any she gives anyone in need. She is a very selfless person, very, very selfless. I have never met someone selfless as my mom. She just give away everything, everything you you don't even if she bought something her something special to her heart she will just give it away if someone needs it and this is where i learned about giving she was an idol to me she is an idol to me and i learned about love and giving from her she's a perfect example of what a giver would be and um, my mother is truly one of a kind and I feel so blessed to have her in my life. She taught me the importance of kindness, preservance, uh, being a preservance and having a positive outlook on life. She's so positive. She laughs out loud. She's a very, very loud laugher. You will hear her laugh. So <laughs> the neighbors would hear her laugh. She likes watching YouTubes watching but whenever she likes even watching sad stories and I hate it when she cries I don't like seeing her cry but she she easily cries when she sees a sad story on YouTube or if she sees someone down the road who is struggling she would just immediately cry she showed me what it means to to truly love and be loved and my mom has a very unique story, as I said before. And I did write her story, just a snippet about her story, when it comes to immigration to the Gulf countries in, when she traveled to Saudi Arabia. And the subject about the book is about the immigration of refugees, asylum seekers to the Gulf countries, the Arabian Peninsula. And my mom has a very unique story when it comes to that because at that time well you know i'm gonna share with you um her story as i wrote it in the book first of all my mom's name is rabia and rabia name is very very unique in ethiopia no one has that name until now everyone just called their son daughters rabia because of her her father named her that name because of... Um, there is a story called Rabi Al-Adawiyah. If you all don't know, it's about a woman long ago, a very faithful believer who loves God. Her name is Rabi Al-Adawiyah, and it's a very long story. There, I believe there is also a film about it. And, yeah, you might search it online called Rabi Al-Adawiyah. It's a very, very beautiful story about a woman who was... Who was you know out of the way of God and she did things, and when she knew who God is, she became faithful and there are so many miracles in her story and he called her Rabia, my mom name is Rabia. I think this name is very common in northern african uh African countries in the north, so yeah ma i'm gonna call I'm just gonna call her by her name when I'm telling her story. So Rabia was forced um, to get married at a young age and she escaped to Asab, which is now Eritrea. When she decided to escape to Djibouti, it was during the Mengistu regime and the Dirk uh, regime, that is the military government of Ethiopia at that time, in the late 1980s. At that time, Ethiopia was experiencing a very, very. there was a lot of hunger that led to millions of deaths, economic decline, genocide, internal conflicts of different regions, particularly the Erythian War of Independence. Her journey was very difficult. She she was recruited by the military uh, for the Dirk regime this regime that was ruling Ethiopia at that time. She witnessed genocide and was sexually abused when she decided to flee to and through Yemen. And Rabia also crossed the sea three times, making her story a little bit, it's very distinctive. The first time she recounted, I'm gonna share her story as her point of view. They wanted to marry me off when I was 13 years old. After three months, I escaped to Asab, now Eritrea. I stayed there where there was the war against the former Prime Minister Mengistu Hadamariam, who overthrew and killed the Emperor Haile Selassie. I was only 14 years old and they started to recruit for the military. I was recruited for two years. We also used to wear some sort of uniform and serve as waitresses when, when there was gatherings of singers or leaders coming to the compound. They made us cheer and sing for the military and take pictures and videos of us wearing the Ethiopian flag around our wrist and red band around our forehead. I watched people being killed on the streets and their crops are not allowed to be picked from the streets and if they want to kill someone they would take him or her to the streets to be killed in front of the people also they bury people alive I attended the big burial ceremony of the major named Muhammad Yasin not sure if I recall the name correctly though who was in charge of Asab at that time who was killed by Dominguez II soldiers. And I remember during that time seeing Cuban soldiers, those soldiers who were um, sent from Cuba to Ethiopia, distributing biscuits to poor people on the streets from their trucks. Then one day I lied to the woman who was our supervisor, saying that my father was ill and that I had to go to my village, but I escaped Djibouti instead. As I was on the bus at the border I got captured and the name and the man named Abdul Fattah, a leader among them, tried to rape me. I fought strongly and he kicked my stomach. I bled so hard I was taken to the hospital. The doctor said that my uterus was bleeding and that I would never get pregnant. I stayed in Djibouti and worked with French and Greek people as a housemaid. I was seeking an opportunity to leave. There was an office where they took people to fight in the war between Palestine and Israel. The men were Pakistani and I went to sign up but one man convinced me not to sign up. So from Djibouti I went to Jayzan. Jayzan is a Yemen-Saudi border where, after crossing the sea, I walked on hot desert for weeks. I was hungry and thirsty with my friend. I saw a water bottle of gas and I drank it. My friend my friend, drank her urine. We saw a Saudi soldier with his dogs. We screamed to get him to come to us and take us, but he didn't hear us but then we found a place and they helped us and we entered Riyadh. I got married and I got pregnant. I was happy to be pregnant, but then my husband left and never came back. I gave birth to my daughter. I worked in the house of Saudi princess, Al-Jawhara, the sister of Prince Sultan who passed away. I did not know what they were doing, but at night they would gather women every night, so many, and take them to another prince's house for fun. I didn't know as I worked in the mornings with my four-month-old daughter and at night went home. Then one day I came and there was no one. I knocked on the door and the police showed up, took me to jail and deported me on a boat to asap but the boat returned and i came back to saudi with my daughter the third time was a trap my daughter was 13 or 14 years old we are legal residents in saudi arabia but our sponsor was in didda there was a princess wedding they said and they wanted maids so i went and took my daughter so that she could have a good time Little that we know, the police would surround us. They took us to jail, beat us, tore apart our Ikama, the resident permit in in Saudi Arabia. It's called Ikama, which was just two weeks renewed and deported us. I had to come back. My daughter became ill. So the third time I came to Yemen, I stayed in Sana'a with my daughter and never went to Saudi Arabia. And... Listeners, uh, this is the story from my mom's perspective. This is how Rabia described her remarkable journeys crossing the sea. Her story shows how migrants, even those who manage to obtain some legal status in their receiving country, remain vulnerable to, sta- to state uh, violence and abuse, and how that abuse is often uh, exaggerated by their gender. And so this is the story point of view from my mom and this is just a snippet and much more um, the gist of what she went through during that period of how she went to saudi arabia and how she suffered there as a single mom when my father was deported my father um well well let's not talk about him for now but Yeah, this is the story of my mom and how she overcomes so many obstacles. There are so many, so many things that happened in Saudi Arabia uh, that is worth sharing. But I will just leave it for another time. And yeah, this is is just to show you how strong-willed my mom is and how she never gave up. She never felt depressed i never saw my mom depressed i never saw her crying over herself She is not that person she's a very very strong woman even though as a single mom when my dad was departed she never got remarried she never cared to search for another man that would make her life a little bit easier as you know before saudi arabia was very difficult for a woman to just, you know, do basic things in life and just move around Saudi Arabia because you need a muhram or a man with you to do things or legal papers or just go anywhere. But she made it. She, she overcome everything. And I once asked her, like, why didn't you just get married and have get kids, you know? And she said, well, I was worried that you would feel neglected you know, and that, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how to respond to that, (laughs) how do you respond to that, she's so selfless, and, and I, she, she would have made her life a little bit easier, and just, you know, like most women, you would see nowadays, they seek chase after their pleasure, all they think about is their pleasure, and how they wear, or, Who they want to be with or just chase a man for his money she never cared cared for that she never never took money from anyone and she always worked hard from her own sweat to raise me up and one of the things i admire most about my mother is her unwavering philosophy of life she lived every day with purpose and meaning always putting others before herself Her selflessness and giving nature inspired me to be a better person and to look for the good in every situation. There are so many lessons that I've seen that I learned from my mom and I perceive her and I see her as a walking angel and I'm so, so proud to call her my mom. Everyone who knows her or met her always say that you have a great mom people love her, people, wherever she goes, people always, my friends, my friends always come to my home just to just sit with her because she's a really funny person. She loves to laugh. She's very positive. And I always, she always gave me advices saying that I should always trust my instincts and that I should always... Um, have faith in God and that after every darkness there is always going to be light and that I should never ever feel sorry or sad because it's just temporary and you know when I think about that I just you know how how dare I even be sad when I have my mom around me like how how dare I how even think about crying or feeling heartbroken about some person or someone when I have my mom, I always lift my up lift myself up, thinking, you know, I can go and fight against the world with my mom beside me, and I'm just so happy to have her in my life, and it was always a dream for me to share her to share her story to the world, and I always wanted to write about her and i did make that true and i'm happy about that and now i'm sharing with you on the podcast about my mom and this is just a snippet and i would love to share her more and i remember when i told her i'm gonna do a podcast i didn't tell her that i'm gonna do about her i'll never do that (laughs) she she said well i want to do a podcast myself (laughs) she wants to do a podcast um well, you see, she's, she she loves life. And whenever I go and buy myself a snack or maybe a chocolate, she will always say, well, what about me? She wants snacks. She wants chocolates. She loves shopping. You know, I am a person who's very, um, I don't like shopping a lot. I do like going out when I want something. I don't like going out when I don't. So I don't waste my money. But my mom is like, she wants to go out every week. She would like to go different restaurants, going shopping. She, she just, She's a very carefree person. And I love that about her. She always makes me smile and laugh. And whenever she goes out, whenever she sees something nice, a piece of cloth or shoes or whatever, she would just immediately buy it. And I would tell her why. She, she would buy it for me, by the way, not for herself. She will say, well, that will look good on my daughter. That will look good on my daughter. And there are times I'm not much of a speaker when I'm sad. I will just stay silent. She knows when I'm sad. She would just come like to sleep next to me and just sometimes rub my feet or rub my um, leg or hands. Not saying a word and she, she will just say everything's going to be all right. So that's the heart of your mom. And I'm just blessed to have her. And I think we all should always appreciate our mom and the little things that they do. I always dreamed that I always wished I could be her own mom. And I would just tell her when she loves going outside, like, mom, please don't stay outside so much. Please come back home early because she likes to go around. And God knows where she goes. I would say that I'm like her mom. She's like my daughter. <laughs> and yeah, I think I'd like to take a moment to honor not just my own mother, but all mothers everywhere. They are the backbone of our families, the ones who shape us into the people we become. They're our nurturers, our confidence, and our rock solid support system. So, to all the mothers out there, thank you. Thank you for your love, your laughter, and your endless sacrifices. You are the you are truly the heroes of all lives. And that brings us to an end of this special episode of my philosophy. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode about my mom, and that you have been inspired to reflect on the impact your own mother has had on your life. If you have your own stories or philosophies to share, please send us a message or send me a message or leave a comment. And please don't forget to share, um, rate, or review and subscribe to my podcast. And as always, thank you for listening to My Philosophy. Until next time, take care and stay inspired.